Fit After 30 show, episode number 14, with Rue Morley, Busting Through Plateaus. Welcome to the Fit After 30 show, the podcast for those who refuse to accept that they're past it or that their best days are behind them and are ready to demand more from themselves despite some potential new challenges. Aches might be there, your time might be a little limited and your responsibilities are likely through the roof. But ultimately, if you're listening in, I know you're not up for just settling. Welcome in once again as we explore how to excel and balance physique, family and fat loss in this new chapter of your life. I'm your host Sharif Lawton and this is the Fit After 30 show. Boom, welcome in to the Fit After 30 show. I'm with my buddy Rue Morley. Rue, what is going on? How are you doing? Oh, how are we? I'm doing very good. How are you? I'm good. Thank you for having me on. I've been looking forward to this. Yeah, 100%. You're our first guest of 2022. I like it. Rue, where are you from? Because I think both of us have quite distinct accents in our own respects. So can you tell people where you're from and, and all the well, rest of it? I am in Rosendale, which is in Lancashire. So about 20 minutes out of Manchester. 20 minutes out of Manchester. Okay, cool. Fair enough. Very <laughs> and uh, could you tell the, the listeners kind of what you do, who you coach, how you got into this whole online space and uh, yeah, a little bit of a background about you, just a, a few minutes of who you are, what you do. Yeah, you might want to grab yourself a brew. So <laughs> going back for me, I came out, I'm going to go right back here. I came out of school. I went to work for my dad. It was an office-based job. And, you know, it was fair to say back in the day, I was a bit of a bugger. Like I'd come, <laughs> in, when I, yeah, I'd come in when I wanted, like I went home when I wanted. I'd take a nap. I never came back. And then one day just got fed up. We were like, Rube, like you're taking the pace. like you're sacked. And I'm thinking... Yeah, all right, like you'll have me back. And he never did. So I almost fell into fitness because I tried a couple of things. I tried waiting on as you do, whatever. And then a local gym hired, well, hiring a fitness instructor. And I've always been into like footy and sport, never like the whole, you know, quote unquote health and fitness side, but always into sport. So I thought, well, I'll give it a go and, and see what happens. So fitness instructed a um, couple of years, but, you know, anyone who's been in that job will know that you don't end up instructing fitness. It's cleaning the changing rooms. It's mopping up. You know, it's, it's been on reception whenever they want you. So I thought I'm, you know, I'm not feeling it, but I had no other money coming in. And at the time I was a bit of a boozer as well. Like, you know, we're out (laughs) five, six days a week. So it paid my night out. So I stuck with it. And then along the way, I did get into it a little bit more. Like I found my passion for nutrition and yeah, it just allowed me to delve much deeper already being in that field. And then a, a, a position come up at a gym in Burnley and it was for the role of a PT. So obviously in order to do that, I had to go and get my quals and I took on this job. So at the time I was doing both, you know, it was very full on and I almost fell out of love with PT before I even got into it. I mean, you know yourself, Sharif, like it's long days, isn't it? It's, it's not this glamour life that everybody thinks it is. 
100%. Yeah, so I was doing a lot long days and I come to the point where I had to make a decision whether to carry on with a fitness instructing job, which was a guaranteed wage or, you know, take a jump and back myself and hope that PT paid off. So I did. I quit the job. I went into PT and then within the first month, I was the highest performing PT. So thankfully, you know, it paid off. And then in a bit of a nutshell, it was going well, so much so that I was offered a PT manager role. So I took that up. It was a case of, you know, I didn't have to pay gym rent anymore. So buzzing. However, you know, I did get a lot more responsibilities with it. So it was a case that I managed the PTs and around team meetings and, and it were all well and good. Um, but whilst I was helping build other PTs businesses, I kind of let mine go a little bit. Does that make sense? 100%, 100%. And then how did you sort of fall back in love with your own thing and helping people and what have you? So what happened at the time is a two new people come into the business and it weren't the PT side. We had a general manager and the whole health and safety. And these two honestly were horrible, horrible people. And they practically bullied me out of that job because I had to deal with them and I had to oversee. And I had to just swallow my pride a little bit because in order to come away from PT, obviously I've had a promotion and then I'm, I'm taking a step back, but I did it. And in hindsight, it was the best thing that could have ever possibly happened for me because then I focused back on my business and I hit the ground running again. So PT were going well. And then I remember I was on holiday going off on a bit of a tangent and I was sat on my sun lounger and I'm thinking, how can I still earn money while I'm here? Because obviously, as you know, as as a self-employed PT, if you're not working, you're not earning, but you've still got to pay your gym rent, just like you've got to pay your house rent or whatever. So enter online coaching and this is where I kind of fell into it and I offered a free 28-day challenge and this was the first thing that I ever did and I would encourage anybody starting out online to give this a go because the way that it worked is I give it 20 people for free but in return every day they must tag me they must post about me they must post the results so they were getting it for free and I were getting myself known and it was a win-win situation. So I only planned on doing that for one round. I ended up doing two solid years of it. Then once I built myself up enough to leave the gym, I went and here I am four years later, an online coach. Absolutely incredible. Thank you so much for that background. That makes a ton of sense. And there's a lot of similarities to my own situation in terms of uh, the typical sort of like gym instructor role into PT, taking that leap to be like, right, I need to go it alone. I'm sick of paying gym rent and what have you. I did a little bit of duty managing myself, which I absolutely hated. Like wearing a suit and tie was just not the one. Yeah. And uh, yeah, so uh, interesting to hear all that. I didn't actually know that, which is which is incredible. And like smart business move in terms of offering your services for quote unquote free for more kind of um, eyes on you and, and what you do and what have you just initially. I think that's absolutely fantastic. I think it's mad isn't it? when you think back, like had I not have taken that jump from fitness instructor to PT, like I know the quote is cheesy, but you are literally one decision away from a completely different life. And had I not have done that, my life would have played out very, very different since. So true. So true. And like that leap of faith is sometimes one which is so scary. But I think sometimes mm-hmm. when you're back against the wall and you're like, right, if I don't make this, like, I have to make this work. Um, I think you've probably been in similar positions to me where you're like, right, let's, let's go now. Let's do it. You know, failure is not an option on that side of things. Absolutely. 
She's got a back self, aren't you? Absolutely, 100%. I absolutely love that. Okay, cool. So fast forward into today, you're this very successful online coach. We've now got a team. You delve deep into the world of nutrition, lifestyle optimization, what have you. Um, you know, what's the sort of general kind of clientele that typically comes to you? Uh, where are they from? What do they do? What sort of problems do they have? And uh, yeah, I'd love to know a little bit more about that. So typically, I would say we work with 90% women and, the, you know, these are women all over the world. That is beauty of, of you know, online coaching and 90% come to us for fat loss. That's not to say we don't work with guys. It's not to say we don't, you know, work if you muscle gains a goal or whatever, but it is just women who might be, you know, busy mums or they might be a self-employed entrepreneur and they're just putting themselves last while trying to grow the business and just quote unquote normal people yeah. you know when I was started at online coaching for me I was very much into the bodybuilding side of things but that really is like the one percent of the population so yeah it's just women with a normal life who want to go out and socialize with the pals who want to eat wine eat wine who want to drink wine who <laughs> want to eat chocolate and just live the life yep. and that is 90 percent of our client base so you work with real people with real problems, real responsibilities, a family, a business, not these bodybuilding robots. And I think we've both sort of been there and nothing to nothing to, you know, throw any shade on that. But like you quite rightly said, it's for a very specific outcome. It's for a very sort of different individual. Um, so, yeah, that's that, that's interesting. Just that's the life I want to live as well. I feel like I can be relatable in that sense because, like I say, coming from the bodybuilding background, I've realised that in order to do that, you have to give up a hell of a lot. And, you know, credit to them for having that mindset and, you know, that grind harder or no pain, no gain. But really that does not apply to the majority of people. So I think being there myself and coming out the other side and knowing that you can still get results whilst eating whatever you want when calories are controlled. You stand, you still can go out and socialize. You know, I'm able to then offer them everything that I've already been through. 100%. I think that's why, you know, a, your and my message is quite congruent in terms of like, I know you enjoy your weekends. I know you enjoy your socials and what have you. And that's a big sort of like ethos of what we do as well. Um, so, you know, I think what's the kind of main thing that you sort of see in terms of like roadblocks or problems with that sort of like clientele or demographic when it comes to super busy, always bottom of the pile, putting themselves last. Yes, you're saying you can, you know, enjoy the weekends and what have you, but what do they come to you typically struggling with? Where are the sort of bottlenecks in their journey typically? I think the majority of people are just lacking in structure and they don't know how they don't yet have the knowledge behind, which is fine. Like you don't know what you don't know, do you? And they just don't yet at that stage have the knowledge to be able to have that kind of life while still getting the results in themselves. So yeah, it's more just a lack of structure and that's exactly what we give them. You know, we give them a plan every single week. We make adjustments accordingly and we just make sure that everything fits in. Okay, cool. And so like, all right, I completely agree with that. They come to you, they don't have the knowledge, they don't have the structure. Um, I got asked this the other day, and I actually found it quite a difficult question to, to answer straight off the bat. Maybe you won't. But what's say the, the biggest lever or the first lever that you would pull to, you know, they paid their money, they've signed up, what do you do initially, like say someone has no idea about nutrition and calories and macros and all the rest of it? What do you now do to start to get them, you know, where they want to get to? I think you've got to break it down because this isn't a cookie cutter answer that I can give you as every single person will be very, very much different. So for me, it's a case of just spending a little bit of time initially before we even get the ball rolling with the plan, just to delve in a little bit about more their lifestyle and how we can tailor this to them. And it really is just about jumping on a call and me listening and them talking so I can get a better idea of where they're at. And then off the back of that, 
I can create them some structure. And I'm always big on saying, you know, we don't go from zero to hero. We don't try to do everything at once. We will bring in one thing one week. We will bring in the next. And over time, we create that structure. And that structure is what's going to lead to the results over time. That's so good. So you kind of just build upon like, right, week one, we're just going to focus on this. Nail this first, because that's going to get you, you know, some quick wins. And then week three, is that, is that the sort of vibe you do? 100%. Yeah, I think if we did it all at once, I mean, you're looking at your goals, you know, from the bottom of Mount Everest, and it can be very overwhelming. And that's what's going to cause you to then continue to procrastinate. And, you know, it's easier to go back and sit on the couch because everything's looking very much full on. 100%. And let's be honest, they've probably done that before, right? They've probably done the whole, like, I'm going to wake up on Monday and change my entire life. And I think we've all been there, haven't we? Yeah, exactly. Cut out the carbs, do all the steps, do all the fucking training, and then you know how that ends sort of thing, right? Um, yeah. Okay, cool. And then, all right, they come to you, they potentially get some, some good results and you kind of structure their, their routines and their week and what have you. Um, you know, I get this quite a lot potentially with people on social media, but what would you say in terms of like, um, root, I'm like struggling with willpower right now or the motivation to do X, Y, and Z. What would you say to that? Willpower. So this is a popular one today, but willpower, or shall we say, you know, self-control is the ability to act the way that you want to act when you find yourself in a challenging situation. Yeah. So for a lot of people, this would be the likes of, you know, not reaching for the packet of biscuits with the brew or, choosing to go to the gym when they really just want to Netflix and chill. But this for me all comes back to forming habits and changing habits beats that reliance on willpower every single time. Like success really is the daily sum of your habits repeated day in, day out. And I genuinely believe that was absolutely nothing that you can't accomplish once you get those habits in place. Wicked. Okay, cool. So you go from a habits approach rather than a grit your teeth harder and get it done, sort of get on with yeah, it. Yeah, and I think... Yeah, and I think only a few people would argue with that because after all, like most of our lives are the accumulation of habits that we've built from childhood, from teenage years and now into adulthood. And yeah, some will be positive and some will be negative, but you know, whether it's brushing your teeth when you jump out of bed in the morning or whether it's you having a fully stocked snack drawer with crisps and chocolate and cookies and donuts by your desk, like these are the habits that have shaped who we are. So yeah, when I take on a client, the first couple of weeks are always going to be challenging because we haven't gone through the process yet of, of forming these habits. Yep. Um, but the way that I describe it to clients, like in tips in terms of how to form the habits, it comes down to three things. So one is cue, then we've got routine, and then we've got reward. So if I were to give an example of those, a cue would be, you know, putting your gym kit in your work locker so that when you finish at the end of the day, that's your cue to put them on. Mm-hmm. the routine would then be putting them on immediately before leaving heading straight to the gym as opposed to going home first you know only to get cozy and not leave the house for the rest of the night and then the reward is that feeling that you get post-workout when you you know you're absolutely buzzing the endorphins are flowing you've got a glow on or you've got your pump on or whatever and it really is just a case of repeating this process whatever that looks like to you until those habits become automatic and becoming automatic is a key key part of that 100 percent. that's literally one of our sort of metrics of success when we look at sort of our most successful clients and it's so true because we just have this uh, you know bucket of willpower which gets depleted each and every day through other decision making things that we have to kind of go for in terms of like food for the family or the business or like little decisions so if you can automate the process and make it habitual like you're talking about that's it. Like whenever we make a conscious decision, like we use our mental resources, don't we? So everything that we are consciously deciding on, whether 
you know, we're deciding whether to go for a run, we're using our willpower and that's where people struggle. But if that behavior becomes automatic, then it doesn't require the mental energy. So, you know, if you come home and you're stressed and you're tired and you've made a habit of swapping that snack drawer that we said that was full of calorie dense foods for more mindful snacks, if you will, whether that's a, you know, a five or one bar or a 99 calorie pack of party rings or whatever, you know what I mean? But forming this habit is what's going to make a world of difference to you and your goals. But I think it's also important to note that one positive habit is not going to negate the other. So just because you then ingrain the habit of getting your kit in your work locker and going to the gym is not going to negate from you seeing a cookie, eating a cookie, and then that cookie turn into three, four, and five. So it's just going to be a case of, like I said before, you build one habit, then you build the next, and then you build the next. And once you do that, you know, that's going to set you up for long-term success. Boom. So, so good. Absolutely love that. And like, Rue, I'm putting you a little bit on the spot here, but I think it's just a, a nice sort of transition. It's a case of like, all right, you know, we might have a client who understands this, who understands the habits, the routines and what have you. Um, but then there will be a situation whereby they're super stressed and they do have the cookie and then it does turn into the whole packet. Then it turns into the wine. Then it turns into the whole weekend's effed up. You know, we see that a lot, the all or nothing sort of mindset. I'm on the wagon. I'm off the wagon. How do you potentially coach that mindset as being quite a limiting one and, and what to do instead i think firstly you've got to accept that that is going to happen yeah. like that happens to me i'm sure that'll happen to you like if i've had a shitty day you bet i'm coming home and i am probably going to eat you know a cookie or chocolate but what matters is that because we then form those habits yeah we're going to get those days but we're going to get more of the days that are more optimal as opposed to the ones that aren't and that balance in itself you know, but you've just got to take a little bit of pressure off yourself because like I say, it is going to happen. You've just got to try and identify the trigger and see if we can detach the emotion and find another outlet. You know, I always say that like, so if I come home and I've had a crappy day, the trigger would be I'm stressed or the emotion would be I'm stressed. And then usually I would go to the fridge and grab whatever. But if I can change the outlet and take myself out for a walk, for example, you know, that's going to make a difference over time. But again, it's knowing that, yes, it will happen, but it's how we move on from that and make sure we just have more days of hitting these habits as opposed to we don't. Yeah, I love that. It's like normalized hurdles. Like you quite rightly said, like these things are going to happen, even with the best plan, the best structure, the best coaching in the world. Like there are going to be F-ups, right? 100%, yeah. And it's just it's just one of those things. You take it on the chin and know that there's good days, there's not so great days, but you just keep going and, you know, we don't give up and the results will definitely come off the back of it later down the line incredible so so good and talking off results rue so they've come on board they've got their plan they understand the habits all the rest of it they're progressing nicely or some people are doing something completely different and they're like hey i've plateaued i see i hear this a lot like i've i'm doing all the right things quote unquote but i've plateaued um without me going into too much depth into that i'd love to get a pulse as to your thought process behind that yeah so you said two things there so I'm gonna I'm gonna take both but the first one was I'm doing everything right but nothing's happening so first of that is the surest way of knowing that you're not doing everything right (laughs) you know what I mean um but in terms of the actual plateau itself I think first it's important that you ensure that you really have hit a plateau rather than I just maintain for the scales on one week and thinking you've plateaued so to determine a plateau would mean that it's been around what three three four weeks where you have not progressed in any way, shape or form. So first, that means visible changes, then measurements, and then lastly, the scale weight. If none of those three things are heading the right way, then we can say, yeah, a plateau may potentially have a, have a, you know, has occurred. But firstly, relating it back to the habits that we've just spoke about, you need to ask yourself first and foremost, can you honestly say 
100% that you are tracking everything as accurately and as meticulously as you possibly can. Are you getting as much movement in as what you were three, four weeks ago? Are you putting in the same level of intensity into your workouts as you were the first couple of weeks? And people tend to get laxadaisy as the weeks go by, like especially if you haven't got a coach that's holding you to that higher level of accountability. It's all too easy by yourself just to brush things under the rug. But nine times out of 10 from experience, it, it, and I'm sure it was similar for you, Sharif, like it does come down to this lack of adherence more than an actual plateau in itself. 100%. Yeah, like literally nine times out of 10. Yeah, exactly that. Um, and I think from a coach's point of view, to almost have that hard conversation and be like, look, you're not probably purposely lying, but let's just think a little bit differently about what we're missing, that mm-hmm. potentially you're swearing blue in the face that you're doing X, Y, and Z, you know, are you actually training with that intent? Are you actually getting those steps in? Are we actually accounting for the weekend? And yeah. once you sort of find that bottleneck and plug it, like we say, results yeah. <laughs> start to happen, right? Yeah, but however, like for the sake of answering Yes's question, if you can say, yes, I am doing all of that, what you've just asked me, then I'll be looking at next will be how's your sleep? You know, how's your emotional stress? Because we know that these can mask fat loss, you know, for the physiological effects that they have, like water retention or whatever. But if these aren't the issue then that's when and only then we can look to manipulate the size of this deficit again and get things moving. So, you know, there's only two ways that we can manipulate that deficit in there and that's through the calories that you consume and that's through your level of output. So the calories expended. So it's just a case of like, just that balance. If we have rinsed food and we can't pull down anymore, then we just need to look to push output a little bit. And it could be just, a, you know, adding 1,000 steps onto your daily amount. That little movement could just get things going again or if output is as high as we can physically take it due to work or whatever then we have to look to bring the calories down and if you're in a position where we can't do either you know that's when we might run a diet break or a maintenance phase before dropping back in that deficit but it's just important to accept that a plateau will probably happen at some stage it's inevitable for everyone you know even us Um, but there's always a tool to get around it. 100% 100% absolutely love that and also like plateaus don't happen in spite of progress so people often like we'll get fed up with plateaus but it's like okay we plateaued but you're down 10 pounds do you know what I mean so I think they forget like how far they've come to almost reach that plateau do you get me that's it and I think people forget that you know yes metabolic damage is not a thing but metabolic adaptation absolutely is you know once you're 10 pound lighter you no longer require the same amount of calories that you did 10 pounds ago yeah, I think that's a bit of a hard pill to swallow when people get there. Like, yeah. but I was losing on 2000. Like, yeah, but that was you. Like you said, a stone lighter. That's different now, right? Yeah, even for me, like I know logically, right? But I'm 130 odd pounds, yeah? So in reality, as much as I'd like to be in 1800 calories, you know, I have to swallow that pill and know that I am going to have to pull those calories further down. And yeah. it, is, it is there the cards that you dealt. You know, you can't moan about wanting to get lighter and then when you're lighter... You know, get bitter about it. <laughs> There's no <laughs> Yeah, 100%. Absolutely love it. So, so good. Um, all right, Wicked. Uh, I think that's uh, that's been absolutely fantastic. And just sort of a couple more things my end that I had sort of on my mind. And I don't know if you get this as well, but a lot of the time, and I think social media is such a powerful tool, you're able to deliver some extremely valuable content. And what I like about your stuff is it's very like, hey, do this, this works, this exact thing, this is the exact shop in which you get it from, like you're very sort of like black and white, there's no ambiguity, which I love, because people love the sort of plug and play strategies, which I think you provide a lot of, which is fantastic. What would you say to people who are like, all right, there's like 101 million different fit pros out there, you know, one person saying keto, one person saying low carb, one person saying flexible dieting, they're literally saying conflicting things and everyone's getting these results. And I'm just a bit baffled as a consumer. Who do I listen to? Why? 
Um, do, do you kind of get that sort of vibe a lot? Yeah, first to listen to us. <laughs> no, but much, yeah. no, it's a hard one to answer because I've been there and, you know, you've just got to at some stage do your own little bit of research as well. And it is just going to be a case of trial and error. You know, I've been through the keto, I've been through the low carb and you've just got to find your own way. But if someone tells me, you know, you can go and diet down, eating and drinking without restricting anything as opposed to going keto, then you definitely got to give that a whirl first before you drop down. <laughs> before you start having butter in your coffee, yeah. right? But again, it's one of those, you don't know what you don't know. So, you you know, you do have to find your research and Netflix and Instagram is not the best way to get your research. You know, you've, you've got to go out and, and look for it if you are serious about getting the results. I mean, I can tell you all day what we do works, but you don't know that yet because you're not doing it. So it is, it's a tough one. Yeah, it is. It is. And I think as well, it's like, it, it does seem very conflicting, but at the same time, if you then sort of unpick and understand why all these seemingly very different things work, it's like, because they're not fucking different. They always create a calorie deficit. They're always going to put you in negative energy state. So like you are losing body fat. So like you quite rightly said, it's more about picking the approach that works for you. But if you're coaching these people that want their weekend wine and want a life, it kind of makes sense to have that in the plan rather than out, right? That's it. And if your diet, uh, that diet has a name, then straight away we can identify that, you know, that is some form of fad diet, isn't it? You know, for some of the world Atkins, they've all got a name. They all, but like you say, they all work one way or another because they create a deficit. But how you create that deficit is what's going to matter in terms of you being able to adhere to that plan. So yeah, it's just, it's just a case of finding your feet with it. No, I really like that frame. If it's got a name, like probably run, you know, because it's, it's due yeah. to, uh, it's got some sort of hidden agenda, which, which is, which is so, so true. But there's nobody, and I mean nobody yet, who has come to me that has not been on the likes of a fad diet before. I don't know about you, but I've not had one person who's just come to me who says, I've just ate normally for, for five years, like they've all jumped from one ship to the next. Yeah. And the most frustrating thing is when they carry on doing that. So it's like, oh, how many times have you done the same thing that hasn't worked? And they're like at least three or four. I'm like, right. Yeah. So, you know, it's that whole, yeah. Yeah, the whole like definition of madness sort of thing. But, uh, but then you've got to put it back to them. Like I always say, if nothing changes, then nothing changes. You can't keep going back to the same shit. That's not getting you the result that you want to get. You've got to have a bit of a light bulb moment to think, hang on. Yeah. So it's all right. It worked. I lost 10 pounds, but I've just gained it all back. So no, you've That's got the thing, that conversation with yourself as well. One hundred percent. When people are like, yeah, but it worked. I'm like, no, it didn't, because we're having this conversation right now. If it worked, you would have been good. You know, you didn't just sign up to lose weight and put it back on again, right? Yeah. And the thing is, with a lot of them, is you do not get no knowledge behind it. So let's just take something world. I'm not. I am not a something world basher. I'm not even against something world. I think it's great that it creates some structure. You have a community. Yep. You have some form of accountability with the weigh-ins, but it's always that off-plan, on-plan, on-plan mentality. So, you know, if you go out for a meal and you're off-plan in terms of Slimming World, what now? You have no knowledge to what to do outside of those days or when Slimming World comes to an end, what now? You've always got sins in your mind. You've always got health to be or whatever. Do you know what I mean? You've not been given the knowledge. And for me, as a coach, that is massive that all our clients within the first few weeks have all of the knowledge and all of the tools to continue to progress even when me and them are done. Like, I love having clients on board, but I don't want them on board forever. I want to give them the tools to continue to progress for life. And that's that's a biggie for me. 100%. You, you know, at a certain point, I think you want people in the program because they want to be, not because they have to be. You know, yeah. if they want to stay on, totally cool, but it shouldn't be like, I, I have to do this plan because otherwise life without it, I'm totally screwed. I don't know what to do, right? Yeah, and I never get that when, you know, coaches or, or these plans hold something back like that because you're just setting them up to fail long-term. 100%, 100%. Um, 
Wicked. All right. Awesome. Uh, again, putting you on the spot a little bit here, but just kind of bigging yourself up and the page and what have you in terms of like really kind of like extractable information, which you can sort of plug and play. I'm wondering now, just in terms of the, the listeners and what have you, do you have any sort of like really kind of, uh, I don't know, go-to strategies or hacks or tips that make your fitness and fat loss journey easier? Let me give you an example. Um, could be something as, as like simple as like diet drinks. Could be something as simple as like pushing back breakfast a little bit later on in the day. I don't know. Um, is there anything which you eat and which you do to make your life a little bit easier? And, uh, you know, you can really enjoy the process rather than sort of like making it a, a big slog. I just think the whole using calories on a weekly average is a massive tool for all our clients to make it much more enjoyable. So, you know, a lot of people are under this illusion that if you get set 1500 calories a day, you've got to eat that every single day of the week. But, you know, let's say for easy maths, your calories are 2000 over a week. That is 14,000 calories to play with. However you structure those calories, I am fine with that allows you that life of the weekend. If you want to bank, 100 calories Monday to Friday, well, you've just taken 500 calories over to the weekend. That's that bottle of wine that you wanted. And knowing that you've got that flexibility, like really does make a difference. And with regards to like the hacks that you just said in terms of the swaps, there is always a more mindful swap, you know, so for 10% fat beef mince, there's always 5%. For, you know, a full calorie jelly, there's a 10 calorie jelly. That there's a, for a high calorie chocolate bar, there's always a low one. Like it's just finding those swaps. And it's going to take you a couple of weeks to find your feet with that. Um, but I think that finding those mindful swaps and using the calorie average is for me the, the two game changers. Love that. Love that. The calorie average is fantastic to enable you to enjoy more freedom, flexibility on the weekends and what have you. I think to be honest with you, some things are worth swapping and other things are like the low calorie alternative to that sucks. I'm just going to back calories <laughs> for the actual that don't do you, well, you need a calorie refund. You're like, that was not worth. That was not worth it. Yeah. But yeah. then some absolutely are. And you're like, I will take 500 calories for that five gram of chocolate all day. 100%. Those like mallow and marsh bars next level. Yes, they are. Have you tried those in the fridge? No. Oh my God. Try them in the fridge. That is a game changer. Incredible. So, so good. <laughs> Um, wicked root. All right. Awesome. I know you put out a little question box yesterday. Is there anything that we've not covered that potentially people are asking and wanted to know about that you wanted to go through? One question, um, I thought that'd be quite interesting to answer was it was a two part question and it says, my doctor has just advised me to go on herbal life. My BMI puts me in an obese category, but I've heard so many mixed reviews on it. Do you have any advice? You take that one. Okay. I'll give you my stance and obviously, uh, you know, strengthen it or contrary, whatever you want to do sort of thing. But I think for me, it's a case of that's, that's a very kind of, uh, you know, not even a quick fix necessarily, because even if it does work, like all the things that you've been saying, it's like, what are we now going to do after that? Because you only essentially know two, two scenarios, the scenario which caused you to be a, you know, high BMI or overweight or obese, and then herbal life, right? So again, there's, there's no life after that. So yes, you could look at it from the point of view of like, right, if someone is dangerously overweight, their mm-hmm. goal is to get down as quick as possible and like shake diet might do that. But my main concern is that's not really taught you anything. It's not sustainable. You're going to be really miserable in the process and there's far more easier, more sustainable and enjoyable ways to get the job done. I don't know what you think. Yeah. And I think what's important to note as well, like, I mean, I have a GP client and she's told me this herself, like doctors are in- incredibly intelligent in their field but they are not trained in nutrition. They are not nutritionally trained. And in their whole time in medical school, university, my client told me that there is 10 hours max of nutritional advice where they just go through the basics of calories, proteins, carbs, and fats. So I think 
you know, be wary of that advice. They are not trained to give you that advice, you know, go to a dietitian, go to a nutritionist, but, you know, herbal life for me as well is, I mean, I don't want to slay anything, but it is the studies that have shown it has caused harm in several people. You know, a study was actually done and found that herbal life describes liver damage and it was highly suspected to originate from their products. Um, and you also got to remember that Herbalife are an, an MLM product. So they mean, you know, multi-level level marketing. These people involved in Herbalife aren't nutritionists. They are people trying to make a bit of quick cash, aren't they? So for me, Herbalife would absolutely not be the route to go down. In terms of your doctor's preference, I would go back and ask why they feel like you should be on Herbalife. Um, but yeah, I would just take that with, with a pinch of salt. 100%. And I think if someone's in like a lot of uh, a lot of pain or in a situation where they need to, you know, get faster results because they're in a situation where they're obese, unhealthy or what have you, there's nothing wrong with fast fat loss necessarily. Yep. But again, doing it in a way which doesn't involve, you know, these, these crazy shakes and, you know, potentially being harmful for health. So yeah, I couldn't agree more. 100%. Yeah, because short term, yes, you're going to lose the weight. We're going to pull you back into that, you know, BMI where you want to be at, but you're going to create a very bad relationship with food you know, it's, it's not going to set you up for long-term success. Um, but going back to the dots as well and them not being nutritionally trained, what I found out not so long ago was an estimated 50 to 80% of chronic diseases, including the likes of heart disease and some cancers, are actually partly related to or affected, to by, affected by nutrition. So it does still baffle me that doctors aren't trained in this when it, you know, up to 80%. <laughs> it's mad, isn't it? It's that whole thing, isn't it, of like prevention versus like, you know, cause. And I, I that that's one, it, yeah. You know, like in America, I think they, they pretty much get commission for giving you drugs. So they'd much rather be like, oh, you've got this problem. Here's the drug versus uh-huh. like, hey, stop eating so much saturated fat and putting butter on everything. You know what I mean? Or whatever. That's it. They treat the, the as it is now. They don't give you the preventatives down the line, but they're just not training that. And again, you don't know what you don't know. But yeah you know take away just take it with a pinch of salt you know do your own research and know that there is a far better way to go about it 100 i think we could probably talk about that on a, on a whole other episode but that's fascinating awesome and then was there another one that you wanted to dive into yeah um how to know if i am suitable for online coaching is there anybody that you would not coach i mean have you ever turned anybody away or yeah absolutely absolutely i think now it's becoming more kind of like, I don't know, uh, acceptable to potentially delve into the online world. I don't yep. know about yourself. Do you kind of screen people depending on who they are and what they want? Um, how does that look for you? Yeah, I mean, I think you have to be coachable as well. You have to be in a position where mentally you are coachable. I will try and help everyone and anybody. But, you know, I've had it before where a client comes to me and says, well, my last coach didn't do this. They did that. Or I'm not doing this because... I've done this before and this works. And I think you can't come on board and ask us to help you if you're already going to have your barriers up and you're going to have your walls up and you're not allowing me to actually help. So yes, you will be suitable for online coaching if you are a coachable in yourself. You have to be open-minded. 100%. There's still quite a lot of backlash in terms of like, but I need a one-to-one personal trainer. And don't get me wrong, I think some people do. However, mm-hmm. um, yeah, that, that it's funny, isn't it? It's like, well, I haven't done this before. Or I haven't done it like this. But that whole frame of like, well, how did that work for you? Oh, yeah. right. Why right. are you here? <laughs> exactly that. Exactly that. So yeah, I couldn't agree more. Um, brilliant. So, so. Well, yeah, that was pretty much it. They're the main ones that I took from it. Um, but I think we answered those, those as best we can there. Incredible. Well, look, listen, I know that you are a busy person. I don't want to take up too much more of your time whatsoever. Listen, I really appreciate you coming on. 
I, I feel there's a lot of value on that on that call. So uh, yeah, thank you so much, Ru. And uh, hopefully we can get you on again. Yes, thank you for having me. Thank you. Incredible. And where can people find out more about you, your coaching ethos, your Instagram and some decent hunger hacks and what have you? My Instagram is at Rumamali PT. Um, I'm sure when the podcast goes up, you can give us a cheeky tag and then people can uh, fire my way if they wish to do so. 100%. So, so good. Awesome. All right. Thank you so much for your time. Thank you. See you soon.